Good evening, you're listening to Freaky Trigger and the Law Lads of Pop here on Resonance FM 104.9 in London. 104.4. 104.4, close enough. I'm Steve here, um, we're here with your Law Lads tonight. Tonight we have uh, Magnus Anderson. Hello. Cat Stevens. Alright. And Eli Sessions. Hello. Tonight we go into the world of themes. We'll be doing all sorts of interesting things about themes. We'll be talking about theme parks. We'll be talking about theme tunes and various other things as well. We've got some um, exciting grand unified theory of uh, video criticism, which um, I think we're all looking forward to. Um, and we'll be talking about various different types of computer games. It's all going to be good, dudes. Okay, so, um, Eli, you're <clears throat> first up. Uh, yeah, I think this song pretty much explains itself. I'm not sure exactly where it comes from, but uh, it, the guy's name might start with Charlton and end with Lido. It uh-huh. is, it's unclear to me. Give it a listen.
we go, <laughs> listeners. Eli, <laughs> what on earth was that? That was two of my favorite songs put together. <laughs> um, that was uh, Circus Bell's Hard Floor Remix, uh, Circus Bell's by Robert Armani, the Hard Floor Remix, one of the seminal um, kind of proto-trance acid house uh, songs of the early 90s, uh, mixed with a song that I think everybody's pretty familiar with. Get a Superstar by Naz. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Um, Except they changed the words. I don't know what's with that. <laughs> well, you know, it's a song that bears a, a striking resemblance to Get a Superstar by Naz. In fact, the the notes themselves are... They're exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. In the um, same order and everything. Islands in, uh, that, <laughs> that, that other song was uh, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton singing Islands in the Stream which was a seminal hit of my childhood uh, growing up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, and the way that those two are combined just fills my heart with joy. That is, that is what the, the youngins here can't maybe um, might need to be told. That, that Back in about 2000. Well, uh, way that, back when dinosaurs ruled the yeah, earth. Yeah. <laughs> and we wrote with rocks. Um, <laughs> that, that, was call, that was called a mashup. Where Mash up. sort of inspired yes. by um, you know what DJs do when they mix, uh, they usually take an instrumental track from one song uh, and the acapella version of another song, and um, with computer software, <laughs> um, kind of jiggle the 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 key a bit and the and the tempo and make them line up. I and mean, what what yeah. I thought was kind of odd about that track was it kind of because the the original islands in the stream the the beats kind of it, it's got a funny. You it, were saying it's got a funny it, time signature. It, well, I don't, I don't know enough about music to know exactly if time signature that, is the right, I mean, the that, right word. But yeah, it's got that, a real funny rhythm to that, it. That, that kind of sounded like it was off the beat. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what I mean by that. But yeah. it, it kind of didn't sound quite right. Well, this is a phenomenon that happened in, uh, you know, ha- still happens, I guess, in dance floors uh, all over the world <laughs> when, when Islands in the Stream plays. Every, every, when every, Islands in the Stream plays, every, dance floors <laughs> yes. all over the world. Well, every, everyone... <laughs> Everyone always gets uh, gets a little a little fooled about when the chorus actually comes in mm. because the time signature is so kind of odd. Mm. It comes in a beat earlier than you think it does, so everyone can't wait to sing it. You know, to <laughs> mouth the words to each other, and they all and you suddenly sort of see people trying to catch up with it. <laughs> Well, the phrasing of the islands in the stream bit is weird in the first place because it goes islands in the stream instead of. Islands in the stream, that is what we are. I'm a superstar living in a ghetto, you know. Yeah. More nurse, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I thought that was great. Um, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of modern music, and I'm always delighted when someone introduced me to a new compact disc. Um, <laughs> thank you, Vincent Arbogast. <laughs> but um, I, I understood them to be called bootlegs, not mashups. Oh well, you know, you know. These are the, the 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 problem with them being called bootlegs is people are getting confused with live gigs that people were recording, which uh, previously referred also to as bootlegs. Called bootlegs yeah. Well, very um, similar to those tapes that you got in certain stalls in Camden that were kind of really black and white, and the, yes, the track those, listings those, didn't match those, those anything. Are, I'd yes, heard those of. are old person's bootlegs. Uh, those are obviously when you know you find a huge stash of on somebody's. Um, I, I don't know, maybe. I understand the concept is not that I've ever done it myself, but if you were, <laughs> if you were say, looking on the internet for um, at, at somebody else's files that perhaps they might want you to share, and you found a big pile of um, Grateful Dead bootlegs, you wouldn't be getting kind of the latest freelance Hellraiser. No. <laughs> anyway, Eli, there was a reason that you 
that you played us um, some Dolly Parton, and um, that's because it kind of magically well, yeah. and unbelievably links in with what you'd like to talk about. Well, I, it's um, it, the theme is theme uh, for today, and Dolly Parton has uh, a theme park of her own, which I've been very surprised to know. Well, Kat lo- looks like this is news to her. But My jaw is on the floor. <laughs> uh, when I came over to England, I was shocked to realize that a lot of people have heard of Dollywood, mm-hmm. which put my jaw on oh, the floor. That's what it is. I was wondering what you're talking about. So you've heard of it too, Kat? <laughs> well, I had heard you lot talking it just before the show. Oh, wow. But I didn't associate it with Dolly Parton in mm-hmm. particular. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it might have been some sort of Barbie land. No, it's, it's, it's I mean, to me, gr- growing I grew up in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is sort of in the, uh, basically in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, the Smoky Mountains. Um, the Smoky Mountains is the is the Smoky Mountain National Park is the most visited national park in the United States because it's it's fairly close to the eastern seaboard. You can get there in a, a day from Florida. You can get there in a day from from New York. And of course, national parks are totally protected. There's, you, can, you can't put billboards there. You can't you know. There's no development at all because it's that's the idea. Un- unless there's oil under it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there are always caveats. <laughs> we may we yeah underneath those. The, I mean, well, or coal, for instance. Mm. Um, yeah. But um, you know, so there's this border of the national park, the Smoky Mountain National Park. Right outside that border is a town called Gatlinburg and an area called Pigeon Forge, which has developed this like 20 square mile megaplex of shopping centers, outlet malls, uh, bed and breakfast uh, places, and a whole sort of uh, menagerie of smorgasbord different, if you will. <laughs> yeah, of different uh, amusements and attractions. Um, and um, one of these attractions, when I was little, our our uh, school each class every year would get to go on a trip to Silver Dollar City. Gosh, which was a vast amusement park on a par sort of with Six Flags. They had, I'll say the word quietly so Kent doesn't uh, doesn't. Uh, they had roller coasters. Uh, and um, <laughs> they, uh, sorry, <laughs> listeners, I've got a phobia <laughs> of uh, excessive G force. The most, the most, uh, the most impressive of which was called the Blazing Fury, and uh, we lo- we loved we loved going to Silver Dollar City. And at, at one point, Dolly Parton decided that she was gonna gonna come back. This is where she grew up. She grew up around there. She grew up in East Tennessee, even though she moved to Nashville to become a star. She decided that uh, she was gonna buy it. Oh right, I see. I'm, I'm learning things. It, it closed for a while, and it opened again, revamped. As Dollywood, and this uh, it, it essentially was the same as Silver Dollar City, um, <laughs> but um, but it, but it did have a replica of the log cabin that Dolly Parton actually grew up in. Oh, a replica that she actually yes, okay. yeah. <laughs> you see how things work here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> did they have a big white sign on a hillside? Mm, with oh, a D like spelling an H. out like like oh like Hollywood? No, that's a good idea though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should write and tell her. We maybe should. The big signs not so much there. Gmail.com. Their logo is more of a butterfly um, for some reason. I'm not sure why. But, um, so they had to shut down the entire park to build a log cabin. Um, yeah, among other things. They built a, they built a few more uh, sort of live performance areas uh, inside mm-hmm. there. Uh, she wanted to have much more of a kind of music thing going on. And I should, I should uh, not neglect to, to mention that Dollywood was not the first 
uh, Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge uh, country singer themed uh, <laughs> park. I don't know if you guys have ever I'm heard trying, of. I'm uh, trying to think of what the other ones might be. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of Conway Twitty. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of his work. Well, there, 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 there was, and maybe still is, although I think probably not uh, a, a, a sort of smaller, sadder theme park uh, in Pigeon Forge called Twitty City. How furious they must have been when Dollywood opened up. Oh, they just, yeah, they st- stole, his th- stole Conway's thunder completely. He must have really believed that that not was a small market to corner. I mean. uh, and, and to be honest, not for the first time in his career. <laughs> Bless him. But, you know, he's, had his, he's, he's not exactly been at the cutting edge of things, has he? No. Dolly, though, I think, you know, she really has. I mean, she's, been, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's one of the smoothest, cleverest operators, I think, in, mm-hmm. in country music. I mean, she is... I have a real admiration for her. She, you know, is endlessly quotable and knows exactly what's going on. Um, you know, one of one of her famous quotes you guys have probably heard was she was on a talk show at one point and somebody, the, the host asked her if she, it, it bothered her that all these dumb blonde jokes. And she's like, well, no, because I'm not blonde. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, you know, the, the funny thing about Dollywood and Silver Dollar City, which preceded it, was that the idea is that it's supposed to be this. The theme of it mm-hmm. is that it is uh, supposed to sort of represent um, uh, kind of Appalachian frontier life. Right. Um, is this where you wear like dead animals on your head? Mm, yeah, you can buy those uh, at Dollywood, for instance. Um, and you know they'll have they'll have a little area where there's like blacksmith, you know, actually making stuff. They'll have a quilting place where women are sitting around making patchwork quilts. Will, will kinda, there, stuff's kind of cool. Will there be clogs? Clogs. Well, there's clogging. I, yes. Yeah. I always think of uh, Appalachian. I always think of of, of heavy wood-based footwear. <laughs> 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 I think, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds is, more is like clogging. The, is clogging is the, is, the, is the Appalachian dancing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it has a whole lot to do with the the, the wooden footwear, though. It's more more like contra dancing, like sort of. Traditional Irish Scottish type, uh, oh, but I mean, they're, they're, that's all wooden based footwear. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, but that's why they must have left. They were sick of the shoes. They came to the new world. So Quite possibly, get, yeah. yes. But um, what, what's what's funny about about Dollywood in, in these places is it is really a mashup of frontier life. Wow, <sighs> look at that! It's it's all tying together because uh, it's really. it's completely um, inauthentic. I mean, you, you, there's nothing. There's nothing very specific about uh, uh-huh. to Appalachia about this place. I mean, there's there's for instance a whole area where you can go panning for gold. It's like there's they have these little culverts with uh, silt and sand in them, and they for a quarter they give you a little a pan. And every like hour or two, they sort of send down the chute a couple of little like fake like gold nuggets, like pyrite, fool's gold. So what? you can, you, so so you get. And this is, you know, this, what, what's interesting? This happened in California, the Rocky Mountains. This has well, nothing to do with Tennessee. The, you know? the thing is that I've done that in Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was there was a, a, I can't even remember which one it was. It might have been Flambards, and I'm not sure if that's in Cornwall or Devon. Sorry for Southwestern listeners. Um, but there, there's a place down there, and one of the things that they they have a kind of panning for gold kind of thing. But instead of gold, you get tin coming out. I, I know. <laughs> I, I think that there was gold in them. The panning for nickel. Uh, <laughs> well, tin. I mean, it, it's it, it's all about the tin mining. So, so maybe there, so maybe there's some things that are themes that are common themes to all theme parks. I mean, I think that like the, like roller coasters, for instance. The, so you got to have that. The the, the the western thing, I think, is is um, quite interesting. I mean, we. We'll come on to this in a moment, but 
I mean, in terms of, of, you, of what we call theme parks in the UK, they do tend to be big ride parks. Mm-hmm. So you've got Thought Park, you've got Chessington, you've got Alton Towers. None of these are really... The raison d'etre is to kind they, of for people to go and go on these rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's no kind of overriding theme. It's only the little crappy ones, like... So Ro- what's Robin Hood Adventure Park. Robin Hood Adventure Park. Ah, there was uh, a Noel Edmonds one, wasn't there? Where is that? There was a Mr. There, Blobby Land. There was a briefly a Blobby Land yeah. um, up in the, in the northwest somewhere, which... Um, <laughs> was really, really dreadful. Where, where is the Robin Hood Park? Is that in uh, uh, Nottingham? Nottingham, yes. Near, nearby. I've never actually been, though. Um, we'd like to point out to anyone who might have confusion as to the definition of theme park that Jorvik Viking Centre is not a theme park. It is a heritage entertainment centre. It does have a theme. It does have a theme, but it's not, not a theme park. park because theme... <laughs> I mean, I think... No, what, so, sorry, sorry. Can you explain for? I, I don't know oh, what that okay. is. The Jorvik, <laughs> the Jorvik, the, the, uh... the Jorvik Viking Centre is yeah. in York. Jorvik being the Viking name for York, uh-huh. um, where they um, basically put this little kind of um, um, ride. Well, it's not really a ride, but you're kind of sitting on a little thing, and it goes through these various dioramas of life. Life during the time kind of the Vikings. Kind of like a ghost train, but instead kind of ghosts, like, it's ghosts it of Vikings. and smells. <laughs> the important thrilling. thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a heritage entertainment centre. It's, it's, not, it's not a museum, although they have kind of lots of old bits that they've dug up. Do they do this kind of thing where they have actors dressed as, as the people from that time, like sort of pretending to be living in that... At times, I don't think it was kind of... I think there was a lot of mannequin work going on <laughs> at the Jorvik. But I'd, unlike the London Dungeon around the corner, which also is not in any sense a museum mm. or, or really a theme park. They're just kind of odd things somewhere in between. I blame Madden Two Swords myself. Because mm. um, they have these things in, in, in the United States. There's, a, there's a historic Williamsburg, uh, Plymouth Plantation, these places where people dress up. Uh, they get actor out of, you know, summer out of work, summer actors to dress up as if they were living in that time. And you go around, and you ask them questions, and you see them living and but, eating. And oh, but you see, you know, that that that's kind of a bit different again, because that's kind of like a that's that's like learning. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> the, the, the great the great British public need their learning and their entertainment to be kept really quite separate. I mean, up in the northeast, we we have Beamish, which again is is kind of. Um, they have a row of old miners' cottages that they took down from somewhere up the road and and rebuilt brick by brick. So they're, they're the real, they're the real actual cottages, just not where they actually were. Mm-hmm. And they have a big old co-op with all the old, um, all the old large sacks of butter and oats and things. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you get the same for us Southerners. It's uh, the same thing with uh, Hampton Court. You get people dressed up as Tudors and mm. Uh, mm. Uh, yeah, minstrels singing you things. There is definitely no teacup rides at Han- Hampton Court. <laughs> I think that maybe maybe that is the defining factor of a theme park. That at some point somewhere there needs to be a teacup ride. I think so. Eli, are, you, are you aware of teacup rides? Um, do they do they spin around? Yes, yes. they're yeah. generally they're they're in Disneyland. Yeah, what? they're generally in the shape of teacups, <laughs> which makes them quite easy. But to they've spot. got a little door by the handle. Yeah, I think I threw up on one of those rides before. Yeah, I I really don't Would... like any sort of fun. <laughs> it's a shame really, isn't it? anything theme park related fun I can't deal with I had a traumatic experience early in my childhood previous to that I'd really like uh, theme parks though uh, especially Chessington because it combined it with a zoo uh, yeah mm. and I think this is a I mean a lot of the 
a lot of the UK ones, um, the the zoo was kind of the precursor to the theme parks. I mean, uh, Chessington is a good example. Mm. Longley mm. as well. And Whipsnade. Whipsnade. is still just a zoo, I think. Um, yeah. Flamingo, yeah, there's Flamingo Park. There. Yeah. Flamingo you can't Park have fun just at a zoo. You can sort of pretend you're in Africa for five minutes or something, and then you can. Well, unless you're up in the northeast where you had Flamingo Park, which kind of just had some flamingos <laughs> in the rain. Yeah, yeah, they they, they, they stopped being pink after a while as well, of course. Yeah, but Chessington had a monorail. That was so a monorail? good. It was monorail. futuristic. Monorail. Monorail. Do all monorails travel at two miles an hour? Yes. Is it? <laughs> it is the, the, the law of the monorail. Well, well, otherwise, how can you wave at giraffes and stuff, you know? <laughs> Of course, what, the the one that we haven't mentioned in the in the UK is the the it's Centre Parks. Yeah. <laughs> Centre Parks is just a whole seasons with a roof on. <laughs> There's no teacups in Centre Parks. No te- the, the one that we haven't mentioned it's is a kind of zoo for families with young children. Rubbish. <laughs> the one that we haven't mentioned is Blackpool Pleasure Beach, which is basically is Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Black, you, you're you're aware of the concept of Blackpool. I am. It's, it's a, it's a, a byword for tat. Yes, it's it's it's. it's <laughs> Careful now. Um, it, I'm it, just telling you what I read in the liberal newspapers. <laughs> it's a, 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 t- a town in the northwest of England um, where basically um, instead of having kind of, um, um, if you will, the kind of the, the, the carnival, the shows, as we would refer to them with your, your waltzers and your twisters and your little spinny thing that you stand up in, um, they, they kind of put this all together in one spot. So the, the theme of Blackpool Pleasure Beach is kind of Blackpool through the ages. And it's kind of Blackpool, but it's kind of Blackpool as a... um, Does it change at all? Oh, yeah, well, they they, they keep on putting new things in. I mean, like, they put the big one in, which is this massive, outrageous... It's about 20 stories high. Sorry, Kat. (laughs) 20 story high roller coaster, but they've still got some of the the rides that were there when it first opened. And can you ride them, or are they just sort of... Yeah, 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 no, they've got this kind of rockety one that goes round that's kind of a bit dull, but... Has is like held together by twigs and string, as far as anybody now can make that's it. That's scary. The important thing about Blackpool Pleasure Beach, though, is that they have these various kind of water features throughout the, throughout the park. It's, it's right on the beach, and the key point is that all the water features feature water that is blue, as in it is dyed blue <laughs> to come out of these fountains. Because if it wasn't, it would be brown. Oh. <laughs> But it's it's the, it's a very key point that tells you all you need to know about the place. Hang on, surely it should be black because it's black pool, pools of blackness, or is that too goth? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry. So yes, it, it it's it's the, the the water itself is bright, kind of almost turquoise blue, <laughs> and you you walk around this place and it's all kind of. I mean, if if you if you haven't been, it's really difficult to describe. I mean, we used to go there as 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 kids. And I've only been back there a couple of times as a grown-up, but it's just like flashbacks because you, you kind of walk around the place and you sort of recognise bits and then there's this huge new holocaust um, like that they've added on top of it and it's an amazing place, but like really, really, really scary. Can you jump in the water? Do they let you get I'd, in the water? I'd advise against it. It, <laughs> after all, has been coloured blue. Yeah. Actually, have I talked about this before? I have a horrible feeling I might have talked about this in the last series. I don't remember it. Okay. Possibly because of blue dye poisoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, is there anything? Oh, oh, have we ex- exhausted our? Um... Oh, I mean, I could talk about Dollywood all day, but <laughs> is there is there any other one Dollywood fact you'd like to give us before we move on? Well, sure. Yeah, it, um, 
you guys know this song, uh, um, I, w- I Will Always Love You, as popularized by yes, Whitney yes. Houston? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Do you guys know who originally did that song? Uh, yeah, we know. It's Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Was, was it Ghetto Superstar? No, it was wasn't. <laughs> it still wasn't that. Well, one, one, of the, one of the real uh, heartwarming things about driving out of Dollywood into uh, the, you know, the horrendous traffic that you get stuck in for two hours after you do um, there's to make you little, feel a little bit better about that traffic jam that you're about to get into. There's a there's a gigantic sign that stretches over in an archway over the road that says in cursive paint, "I will always love you." Oh and, God! And then less, and then a little dash, and then the name Dolly Parton underneath. Oh, no, that's a beautiful, beautiful story to uh, to leave us on there. Oh. Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about theme parks. <laughs> No, hold on. We've done things. Yeah, oh, yeah but with this, um, there, oh, there is a uh, short link. On. I see where you're going here. Uh-huh, Carry on. Yeah, um, because if you're not content with the theme parks that, like the ones we've just described, you can actually invent your own with uh, a computer game of the very same name. And this computer game happens to be a kind of borderline example of the kind of things I want to talk about, which is um, God Games. Hello, liberal people. It's um, God, God games. God games. What, what God games are in a conventional game? Say you're playing Tomb Raider or something. You'll control a character, and, and that, that character interacts with the environment. In a God game, it's the other way around. You control the environment, and that affects the character. So you've got these kind of abstracted powers where you can build mountains and start earthquakes and make volcanoes ignite and that sort of thing. So we'd, we'd <laughs> say that we start God games with SimCity. Um, I think the uh, well, this is it. there are lots of sliding definitions about what what's included. Um, yes, possibly that'd be a very early example. I mean, the one that people tend to think of it being as its big genesis in the in the form that they call a god game is is populous, but there are early examples mm-hmm. in that. Um, but the, the what I sort of found when I first encountered these is that it was a real test for me because the um, uh, the very act of taking on these powers and to be honest, you're not really much of a god. You're a pretty puny god who isn't able to do very much. So you're kind of like a minor deity. You've um, <laughs> you've 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 got to uh, make, keep your people happy or use them to to uh, achieve a further objective. Can you like, not just smite them? You can. <gasps> That's one of the Sweet. things you can do, and so this the this, smite button. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, and so it, it it creates inside you a kind of a conflict. You've got to use these people in order to build you a castle or something like that, and the best way to do it would be to descend upon them with your wrath. But I recoil from doing that because I I feel very sorry for them, and it it it, it sort of brings to me this idea that you're. Uh, it, it's encapsulating this. You know, this old sort of uh, power causes corruption. Absolute power means means you're corrupted absolutely, and so on. It, it seems to sort of encapsulate that aphorism because what it's doing is it's saying that it's giving you this power, and if you just became complacent about it, then you would just use and abuse the power any way that you, you felt like like doing so. And the um, what what I think stops it from being just a straightforward resource management sort of like you've got these people and you can use them for what you will is the way they characterise them and they characterise them in some games very well there's a game called Black and White which does this particularly well where they squeal so what? it's yeah <laughs> that's, that's not good what do you mean I the mean, humans squeal when you smite them yes uh, kind of like lemmings well, when I, you I was going to say I was going to say yeah when you yeah. explode lemmings but lemmings were always kind of there to <laughs> be sacrificed. I mean, yeah. Magnus, kind of can, I, can, can I ask you a question? How yeah. do you, how does God win? 
Well, it's um, it's an open. How do you how do you, de- how, do you de- how do you determine success or failure in these games? It's uh, it's a very good question. Some of them you don't really. Some of it's them you just create a very impressive city. So in Sim, Sim City, for instance, or The Sims is another kind of god game. It's more mm. kind of like a virtual pet simulator, and you've got this virtual hamster cage, and you keep everyone entertained by chucking you toys in and 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 what what they get up to. I mean, this <laughs> does kind of go back to another um, long running Lollard's <laughs> theme, um, much like in in role playing games. It's not about winning, mother. <laughs> <laughs> but can you lose if you get like a high enough uh, percentage of atheists in your population mm. and they don't believe in you anymore? Absolutely, yeah. And then what you've got to do is is find some person who does believe in you, get them to inform the rest of them that you're very angry, oh. and then smite them. Oh, sweet. <laughs> smiting. But does, does smiting work with atheists? Do they feel the smite if they don't believe in you? It depends. Depends how far gone they are. Mm. If, they, if they've had a right old Richard Dawkins, Hawkins in their midst, and you know, it doesn't matter what you might get up. I mean, my, my only kind of um, well, I, the two kind of um, major bits of contact that I've had with this I mean, um, Theme Hospital mm. was, was a great one, um, where you it was a, an odd sort of god game because you just had to build a hospital, but what, what you get is lots of people being much like the, the modern NHS. Uh, you, you <laughs> turning invisible of, and getting bloaty head disease blo- bloaty head disease was a, was a key one as as was the, 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 the vomiting sickness one um, which I'm sh- I hope that none of our listeners have um, a very good tactic for that for that game is that uh, you have rival hospitals in it as you find a patient who does have the vomiting sickness and send them refer them to your rival hospital well, that's kind of mean yeah that's, a, that's the kind of game it was. It's, 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 oh. it's, it's why the NHS is in the States. So it's, so, so, it's a, so, so it's a very Blairite hitting targets kind of uh, <laughs> shuffling people around and make the numbers work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but dare you do that? Have you not been corrupted by the fact that you're trying to achieve this target and then you're making all of these people, these computer avatars, with realistic AI that makes it very sympathetic to... <laughs> so does Except any... the ones that are vomiting. We, we, we're not sympathetic at all to those ones. Does any of this like, work in the, the Second Life business? I mean, because you don't really control your environment. You just control what you do in there. I guess so. I mean, my feeling is actually that you can actually be more sympathetic to the um, computer-controlled you know, AI characters than you would necessarily be with um, a human-controlled character elsewhere because they're sort of taking it on the same terms as you. So you can just fire a flame at them. And if you're not building a relationship with them, why not just sort of like push them to bits and so on? Because uh, your responsibility there is the same as everybody else's. You're not really particularly more powerful, and you're probably only controlling one avatar. But, but here you've got the guilt complex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I like that. I'll tell um, you what, though. Um, I don't know much about these computer games of which you speak, but uh, my dad was uh, got a load of Amiga at m- in magazines. He had lots mm-hmm. of subscriptions when I was younger. And... Um, uh, we've got lots of cover discs, and one of them had, uh, you know, they have various demos of games that are available. Mm. And one of them was Sim Brick. <laughs> Where is, you this, got... is this kind of a, a cross between Breakout and Sim City? No, it was a simulation of a brick. How, uh, how could you interact with the brick? Um, you could look at it. <laughs> <laughs> could you rotate uh, it? it was or was a it really, a picture? It was Surely a pretty good simulation. It. It, no, no, it was a picture of a brick. And, and it was a quite good simulation because it didn't really think, do anything do that, apart from being a brick. Do you think what happened there was that somebody at Amiga magazine had promised them a, cover, a proper, a proper thing to go on the desk? 
And then on the day on the day of the deadline, they rang up and said, "Dudes, I'm sorry, I've been out on the lash for the last four nights." And so they put the brick on. I wouldn't like to cast suspicions on the staff of Amiga User International. That really wouldn't. I think it it does sound like the sort of thing that might possibly have happened. I'm sure the Atari sim brick was much better. No doubt, yeah, the, the ST brick would have had more colours. Uh oh. Early 90s computer geek jokes. <laughs> um, moving, moving on. Are there, Magnus, are there? Are there god games that, that don't exist in computery kind of land? Um, I was having thought about this. I mean, I suppose strategy games might and some, but part of the very, very important aspect of it is that you've got to really have empathy with, with the character that you're looking at. So it might be as simple as, you know, if you're a child having a teddy bear or a doll or something that you, you really care for. I suppose, yeah, when, you, when one would build one's giant Lego city, mm. that, that, that then you are kind of... In effect, that, I mean, that, that's kind of what it's linking into, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, or, or an arena for insects to fight if, if you had, well, not my childhood, obviously. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean here. Well, yeah, the, the Sims are yeah. just a sort of a, a really sophisticated version of having a dollhouse, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. Only the, um, the, the, there were personalities and characteristics to them which happened without your intervention. Um. Yeah, I th- and I think that is the kind of key point of difference, isn't it? That, mm-hmm. that when you were making your little Lego trucks <laughs> and you had the girl driving the Lego truck right on. Um, <laughs> I blame Pigeon Street. Um, that that you would, it would be you. You would be telling them what to do or you'd be telling them what they were. Whereas with this, with but, the, these games, it's, yes. all, it's, all, it's all kind of there and you can't kind of that's right. I mean, if, if you've got them up to a certain sophistication, like they're able to feed themselves and so on, then you can pretty much leave it alone. Yeah. 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 Well, some aspects are really do need controlling. Like um, when you make your My Little Ponies get lesbianly married because all the boy <laughs> ponies sucked. <laughs> Seriously, who would want to marry them? I certainly would. The boys were icky. <laughs> so, yeah, let, uh, My Little Pony lesbian marriages. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on the script. <laughs> we made them wedding veils and everything. Sure you Aww. did, darling. That's delightful. Magnus, it's such an enlightened um, childhood games here. I'm really the girl driving the truck. These you guys. <laughs> what can we say, Magnus? Have you got a song for us? I have. Actually, it's an orchestral piece. It's uh, to do with creating civil, uh, civilizations or kind of like guiding civilizations to their fruition. It's. Um, uh, from the film 2001, I got this at a second-hand shop where they progressively reduce the price and they cross off the old price and they put a, a ah, new lower price I think in. I'm aware of this second-hand yes. shop of which you speak. And, uh, and, and so as they think the value is going down, they reduce the value by, uh, by, by that amount. And this one, they crossed all the prices off. Uh, but that's because anyone with an orchestra can, can play this piece. Um, unfortunately, these people didn't have an orchestra. This oh, is nice. Alzo Sprach Zarathustra.
Magnus, that is truly astonishing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Thank you, very, thank you very much for that. This is the, the, the funkiest version of Also Spike Dorothea <laughs> that I think I may ever have heard. <laughs> Not a whole lot of competition there, but... No, 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 but... Again, it links back to yet another Running Lords theme of Marky Smith and his The Falls. Also Spike Dorothea Every second, third word, Europa. <laughs> Let's just have a... <laughs> Get that slap face out there. Dudes. <laughs> okay, now, now it's time for our exciting quiz. And tonight's exciting quiz is this. Oh, boy. What we've got here is a series of um, great British theme tunes for great British television programmes throughout the years. And we will be trying to find out if our esteemed American guest can work out what it is. Now, now I'm not going to get, because there is no way that I'm going <laughs> to guess what actual show it is. No, no, no. The but only what, way I even stand a chance is to guess what kind of show yeah, it well, is. Yeah, that's what we, we want. What, we, what we're interested in here is you listening to the music and thinking, hey, what kind of, what, what, what's the kind of ambience that this music is giving out? Or <clears> what, <throat> what kind of show, production... Sporting event. There's a few sporting ones in here. Might um, might have a music like this. But here's here's our first one for you. <laughs> I mean, it, it just all sounds like Benny Hill to me. <laughs> this is. Britain sounds like Benny one. Hill to the Americans. Yeah, it's quite a short one. It doesn't really go. This one is um, courtesy of um, fellow Lollard, uh, Peter Barron. Um, it was a, a great favourite of his as a child. Um, I sort of, I don't know, I see, I see, uh, I, see um, I see, you know, postmen dropping off letters and old ladies riding bikes around a kind of like suburban country town. It does have that kind of, uh, of if you will, vibe to it, yeah. It's, um, and and, th- and funny things happening, you know. Kind oh, of opening credits of Postman Pat, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is actually the ITN news jingle. Um, <laughs> pretty much into the 80s, um, which is why um, Pete was able to listen to it as a, as a, as a young boy. But yeah, it's, it's the ITN news jingle from... God. <laughs> so that's, that, that's one of the kind of more wacky ones. There must have been a, a real jolly news program, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, news was pretty upbeat until the 80s. It's ITV news. <laughs> it's not proper news. Um, well, no, in the 80s, and they started doing stories about Princess Di instead, so they had to change the music. Yeah. I mean, it, once we got into the 80s, and I think possibly even kind of in a, a post when they kind of picked up on what the Americans were doing a bit more. News tunes got a bit more. Yeah. I mean, Bill Bailey does Pompous. a classic. Yeah, Bill Bailey does a classic thing about the the BBC News, the current News Twenty Four theme, uh, where he makes it into a proper boshing rave track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but moving on, anyway, this one's um, this one's Drag Racer by the Doug Wood Group. All I can think of is Saxondale. I know what that's not it. Is. Is it. Does does it turn up in Saxondale? It just makes me think of oh, Saxondale. It makes you think Saxondale. It's that kind of. I mean, there's all the all the kind of 
there is a well we'll talk about that in a bit about the kind of the, the way these themes kind of <laughs> work together but Was it is it about is it a is it a uh, is does it involve solving crime? Uh, no, no. It, I mean, this is this is one that, um, that that is still currently in use. It has been on television in the last week. Oh, hold on. <laughs> That's good stuff. It's so good. It's very, it's very canned heat, you know. Uh, this is the um, BBC uh, television theme tune that they use whenever they show snooker. <laughs> okay, that's good. As you that's can good. tell, man. I mean, it's yeah. You know, no, it's, that fits. That fits. That or darts, funky, you know. Yeah, it's a funky kind of game. The, the, the darts one's rubbish. <laughs> I, 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 the darts one. I, I mean, I've got hundreds of them here. We will not be playing them all, listeners. It's okay. But um, but yeah, it's like the darts one's so rubbish in comparison to this. <laughs> <laughs> Which might only be which might only be a close second to the um, the, the 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 great late great um, Grand Prix theme theme music the um, the, chain. The, the chain thank you by a fleet of Mac. Dum, 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 dum. I I, I think yeah, that that one really does fit with I think fit with its with the show that goes along with it. But um, I remember thinking when I I was over uh, in England and in Scotland uh, for a bit in 1994, and in those days it seemed like techno was everywhere. And in in the United States it hadn't become like a chart Uh kind of thing. So techno was really nowhere unless you went to a, a rave or something like strange club or something. But here it was everywhere. You would go into a taxi, you'd go into a supermarket, they were playing techno. And I remember... Um, coming back uh, a couple of years later, and I heard um, "Knights of the Jaguar," the uh, the underground resistance track by DJ Rolando, played over uh, the theme for like a football, like a soccer program. I couldn't believe <laughs> they're it. Very, they're very good at that. I mean, mm. they're, they're I never certain... would have guessed soccer. There, Knights there of was... the Jaguar soccer. There are certain people within the kind of um, television. Um, I mean, as, as, especially um, since. Um, Sky came in the in the Premier League. There's more and more music, and there's more and more goal montages, and and Soccer AM have kind of pushed this forward. So, that, oh, that, this is a whole other subject, like YouTube videos of great yes, goals quite, and yeah. the music that they no, play no, behind yeah, those. But but, <laughs> but yeah, but that that's been driven by the by the TV. I mean, it goes back to yeah, um, yeah. the um, goal of the month competition being backed by Jill by Propaganda and Life of Riley by um, I've got that wrong, haven't I? <laughs> I, think I think I've got that wrong. I'm sure somebody. No, will I think text they used to suggest Stone Roses at some point. Well, you can say any old crap, and I'll believe it. Yeah, yeah. I'm fairly sure they used to, she bangs a drum for a couple of goal of the months once. Quite possibly, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, can we move on? Because this mm. next one's really good. <laughs> Please um, do. This is this is by the the British master of theme tunes, Sir Ronnie of Hazelhurst. Oh, and it's a bit of shonky quality. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Am I to understand this theme was written specially for the show that it went to? That's correct, yes. It has recently been, if you will, boshed up. Um, I have heard a, a, a boshed version of this quite recently. What is that instrument? That's amazing. It's a cat. <laughs> it, it... It's not Henry's cat, though, the program. <laughs> it's a, it's a... Sounds like a saw, almost. No, no, I think, it's, I think it is just a... Um, it's just a bent really guitar. hammered on guitar. It just come back a thing. Oh, it's good, isn't it? Afternoon game show. Uh, it's actually from the. Um, it's got a kind of TikTok quality to it. Countdown. 
Yeah, no, no, that's that's very good. And and Ronnie Hesselhurst um, was known for his work with um, um, game shows, uh, Blankety mm. Blank in particular. Mm. I think we can, um, if other members of the panel could sing the Blankety Blank theme tune for us. Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank, oh, Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank. You guys have never actually seen the show Blankety Blank, have you? But this 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 theme tune. I think it's terrific. They get that little sound then right at the end. You so often don't hear these songs all the way through. I mean, you get 20 seconds of it during the theme music, and they are so good. They really deserve it. It was from a a, a sitcom um, starring uh, Ronnie Corbett, um, the smaller of the two Ronnies, um, entitled Sorry, where he played a strangely, possibly slightly... um, Mentally different. Um, Eli, did any of that mean anything to you? The two Ronnies, Ronnie Corbett? Uh, not too much, but um, <laughs> four, four candles. But uh, <laughs> I do, I do. But I think it does communicate uh, a slight mental difficulty. That 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 yeah, song. There, there's a there's a kind of robotic TikTok, this, slightly oddball kind this, of. This uh, this guy who lived with his mum forever, and he was kind of in his late thirties, and um, lots of hilarious escapades ensued, and hen pecking and things. Yes. This is a very short one, but okay, I'm, like, some, I'm determined to get one right. There's something very, very special and very seventies about this one. And again, sorry, it's dreadful quality. That's O Christmas Tree. It's O Tannenbaum. Yes, it's o, there, there are there are other sets of words to O Tannenbaum. The main one being We'll Kick the Red Flag flying here. Oh, God, I think I remember what this is. Yeah, I do know what this is. They repeated this when I was a teenager, so I have actually seen it. So... (laughs) What, what what did that kind of make you think of? I mean, obviously it's it's um, it's a Christmas tree or the red flag, um, the theme tune for the the, the international. And I knew then at that. And you have a man shouting power to the people. I knew that it well, was actually the BBC sort of news. Quasi socialist country, but I didn't realize it went that far. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say darts. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is it is another sitcom. It's it's the. The very, very, very strange sitcom. God knows how they got this through. This is a sitcom starring Robert Lindsay, the great British actor. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, as a revolutionary. Um, a sitcom. A sitcom. A revolutionary who was um, his, in standard kind of socialist worker splitter um, ways, um, his party was the tooting popular front. He lived oh. in Tooting. He lived in Tooting. <laughs> and he wore, and he, wore, a beret. he wore a beret. So he, and Robert Lindsay, if you can imagine Robert Lindsay in the 70s with kind of big flowing locks, kind of had that Che Guevara thing going on. God. And um, yeah, it would kind of, he would stand, you'd have pictures of him stood on the top of a, the, the, that bit where he shouts power to the people, he stood on the top of a power block with his, his fist raised. And there's a big like, shot, a sweeping in shot of a Tooting Beck tube station, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's it Broadway. A very bizarre, and he, uh, again, <laughs> it's it's another wacky Englishman who lives with his parents. And uh, no, uh, hang on, the, didn't he live with his Buddhist mate? No, no, he, he's because his dad was um, not Joss Ackland, the other one who's like Joss Ackland, um, who was the dad in Our Friends in the North. <laughs> um, and anyway, I know, uh, yeah, and, go on. <laughs> there, there, there was anyway, but yeah, it's it's this kind of standard. Um, I see. I'm trying to work out which one's the best. So, one. revolutionary I politics think. sitcom, sort of like Hogan's Heroes, talking about how 
how how funny it was to be a prisoner of war in in Germany or something. Kind of, although oh. I mean, we had Tenko for that, obviously, but <laughs> um, which was even funny. This one, I'd, I'd, I'm I'm hoping that you know this one. This one's um, this one's a classic. Good quality on that one. Yeah, we're we're, we're back to the proper stuff now, not but the kind of me and Magnus are miming here. Yes, they are doing the appropriate miming that I'm sure you're all, I'm sure you're all doing at home. <laughs> Um, for, the, for the for the benefit of, of our of our listeners, um, they all know Magnus what they're doing. Magnus and okay. Kater are sort of pretending to row. I think uh, not quite. Oh, this is program. Yeah, don't break the studio, Magnus. Yeah, no, we, we, it might be helpful to point out to the listeners that we do have wheelie chairs. Yes. <laughs> this, this is a program that, that, that returned only this week, um, and it's gone in some kind of strange Top Gear lifestyle um, direction. But really? this is yeah, 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 yeah. It, this is like I don't know, it's like the Avengers or something. No, this is this is the music for Ski Sunday, not <laughs> now, Ski what's, Sunday. What's, what's not, Im- not for Ski Sunday. What's, what's important about this uh, about this piece of music? There was a is show called Ski Sunday. There, there, is, there remains a show called Ski Sunday. They used to show the the international skiing, even though Britain, with the respect with respect to the Bell Brothers, has never really had a, a competitive um, skier. Yeah, like, what about Eddie like, the Eagle? They've never had a competitive <laughs> skier. I mean, the, 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 the sports, you guys. I'm sorry, darts. <laughs> so could you have, like, hurling Wednesdays? Caber toss Fridays? Oh, man, I haven't, I haven't got the rugby special one on here. But the rugby special, which is kind of a, a, a compilation show um, for both Rugby Union and Rugby League. The music for that is astonishing. Tiddlywinks Tuesdays? Dude, Ski Sunday is like, you know, it's... it's oh, ski Tiddlywinks! Ski Why Sunday. isn't there Tiddlywinks? Ski Sunday, then open all hours, oh, then Howard's Way, then a bath, then bed. That's Sunday night for you. Wow. Antiques Roadshow as well, of course. But it, Dude, it, you, you know, watch these... people skiing on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Winter sports, winter sports are good. There tends to be lots of falling over <laughs> at high speed. Look at those Europeans fall over. Yeah, usually with oh. sharp bits as well, like uh, with ice skating too. You have sharp bits at speed, people falling over. Yes. You know, that, that's the problem with winter. It's I think, hazardous. Are we going to have another couple of these? Because we're kind yeah, of uh, yeah, we're running out of time. And, but I'm sorry, Kat, maybe you, you can save your bit. I'm sorry that we won't be, um, contrary to my earlier announcement, we will not be featuring the um, Grand Unified Theory of pop video However, if you go to freakytrigger.co.uk, you may well see uh, a young person's blog post about this very subject tomorrow if I'm bored at work. And, of course, I imagine that the majority of you are listening via that medium at the moment, so hello to those of you hello. in the future who are listening <laughs> to the, the, the podcast. Also, hello to those of you who are listening on the transmitter, both of you. Um, LAUGHTER um, See now this one. I, I I know that this program aired in the states, um, but I I don't know whether it used the same music. So either you'll get this one, or you really really won't. <laughs> but it is an other absolute classic. Can you can you give me a hint? Is it an American show or a British show? Well, I'm not sure where it started out. So there was an American version of it. There, there, there were both American and British versions. I don't know what they were the original. And it's pretty. That's good. Again, it's another one of these kind of 70s. 
It's got to be about a private investigator, no? It's not. It's yet another sports one. I'm sorry, Dave. I don't. I don't remember this. I think they must have stopped using this before my time. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think yeah, the the heyday of it was was the 70s. Um, if I say Brian Hooper, Tony Jacks, Daley Thompson. Nobody, I'm getting blank looks around the studio. <laughs> I know oh, who Danny Thompson yeah, is. No, he I sells do. phone books. Are they no. curling heroes? He's no. a dual dude with a pole. Yes. <laughs> you only know that because of Spectrum games, though, don't you? <laughs> Shush. The, I'm uh, an Amiga. This is the, um, the theme music from the great sh- television show Superstars, which took various sporting stars and put them made them do sports that they didn't normally do. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so they, I, I understand. I was, I've just been reading a book about, um, about if you will, soccer in America. And one of the big stars of this show in America was, uh, was a soccer star um, whose name escapes me. Well, he was an American soccer star, of course American, it does. Of course it does, yes. Uh, but over here in, in the UK, there was Brian Hooper, who was a pole vaulter. He won, like, the first three series. And then you had Tony Jacks, who was the judo judoka, um, who won, like, the following fourth series after that and then you had Daley Thompson who was a decathlete and therefore mm. good at every sport <laughs> yeah. anyway not fair which was a little unfair how can be, being good at something not fair Woo. and they all have great stab finishes as well it's marvellous um, I'm sorry guys we've kind of gone on and on and on about this because <laughs> I'm really slightly obsessed no it's great um, Stephen, are we reliving your early childhood at the moment? well yeah I mean that's what's great about all these things is they, they do kind of um a hark back to kind of childhood things. Um, I mean, we, we haven't got time to play the the athletics one, the London Marathon one, the, the, all these other great, great tunes. Um, but we have got time for one more. But before that, oh, excuse me, we just plunged into darkness for a moment there. Um, you've been listening to Freaky Trigger and the Lollards of Pop here on Resonance FM. Uh, my name's Stephen here. You've been listening to Magda Sanderson. Hello. I mean, goodbye. <laughs> Cat Stevens. Uh, oh yes, I have to say mongoose hairbrush. There we go. Yes, you do. And Eli Sessions. Thanks. Um, and that's almost all we've got time for tonight. There is um, one more thing, which is our midweek number one, and it's an absolute corker. <laughs>